does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Hubler has it all. We're back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner, Week 15. Eddie Garrison, what more do you want than Saturday afternoon in your own building? And, you know, imagine saying to Shane Steichen at the start of the year, Shane, Anthony Richardson's going to play 173 snaps, and when Week 15 rolls around, I'm going to present you a game in your own building against Mitch Trubisky. You win it. Your playoff chances rise to 60-some percent, and you lose it, and it drops to whatever, 20-ish percent. Uh, When you take unrealistic expectations for this season, I even think Shane Steichen would say, where's the dotted line? Where do I sign on that? Um, And it's what you want. You know, I just think as a, you know, put all the long-term, big-picture draft picks, Richardson aside, like, that's going to be a pretty fun moment come Saturday afternoon and just the anticipation of that game. It might look ugly. It might look clunky. It might be a defensive score or a special teams play that sparks a difference, but it's going to be a massive one inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Mr. Garrison, how do you do? Doing well. Only two times the Colts have defeated the Steelers since 2000, what, two? 2003? Yeah, I... Um... I thought I heard Mike Chappell say today uh, Peyton Manning and Mike Pagel, yep. I believe, are the only two quarterbacks, both wearing number 18, uh, to have beaten the uh, Steelers. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, lately it's been a lot of one-possession games, a lot of really good games. Um, but when you think back to... And then the blown lead in Philly with, uh, was that Brian Hoyer? Uh, blown lead in Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Mika Fitzpatrick had the big pick six there. And that one, um, you obviously have a lot of other... Just blowouts. But that was more like Antonio Brown, you know, Big Ben related. But lately, again, even last year, it was a little bit of a backdoor, but it was a one-possession game. Pittsburgh moved it with Kenny Pickett here in your own building, but still, um, it wasn't a huge, huge discrepancy there. So, uh, just absolutely massive. And, you know, we're going to get into a little playoff picture look and then the Steelers. I, I will stress this as much as I can in the podcast, Eddie. The T.J. Watt injury situation is the biggest news item of the week. There is nothing bigger than his status for this game. And the ramifications of him playing versus not playing, I think very well could be the difference in the game. Frankly, I don't think the Steelers have that realistic of a shot to win the game unless he plays. I think he's that important. And I'll I'll throw a couple numbers at you to kind of stress that throughout the pod. But think about who would be opposite him as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. It's looking like it'll be Blake Freeland again. And when you think back to the big elite edge rushers the Colts have faced this season, these are great football players, don't get me wrong. But Eddie, Josh Allen changed the game. Miles Garrett changed the game. Trey Hendrickson changed the game. And this is the next one. And you can make the argument, he's he's more in the Garrett category than even the Hendrickson mm-hmm. or, or Allen category. So we will try to update you of his status if we get the news during this recording. Again, I just left Colts practice a little bit ago. Did not see Braden Smith, did not see Jonathan Taylor participating. So I assume those guys will be uh, DNPs heading into the final practice of the week. And uh, TJ Watt did participate yesterday. Pittsburgh had a practice coming off the mini bye week, playing on Thursday. They practiced, and Watt did participate limited. And I think, again, no concussions the same. There's no real, like, concrete precedent. But if there is such a thing, typically, Eddie, 
if guys do participate in that first practice of the week, that certainly gives them a chance and maybe even a decent than better chance to be in the lineup come Saturday afternoon at 4.30. So uh, with that, should we get a little playoff look started here? Yeah, I was about to ask, uh, what do you foresee with Juju Brents this week? Yeah, I I think he will play. I actually thought there was a chance he'd play last week. And I don't know, Eddie. Uh, feel free to disagree with me on this. Um, I think if he's ready to go, I'd play him as the third corner. Like, I, I would put him... Jalen Jones and Kenny Moore in that three-man grouping. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think Daryl Baker's been horrific. I, I don't want to act like that. But I just, I liked what Juju showed. And granted, that was two months ago. So you have to acknowledge that. But I would like to see him in the lineup. Now, there might be a little bit of the bias of Kevin Bowen looking long-term view as well there. So I will ha- raise my hand there. But I also think in the short term, I kind of liked what I saw. So... um it looked like he was practicing today, and it looked like EJ Speed was going as well. And I think if you, you look at the four guys that missed Sunday, the four notable guys, Brents, Braden Smith, Jonathan Taylor, and EJ Speed, Eddie, I think you can make an argument EJ Speed is the biggest loss out of all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more of a compliment to Speed, and I just think there were some plays that Ronnie Harrison did not maybe fit up exactly how you would have liked for him to do that. So, again, uh, if when the injury report gets released as we record this, we'll update you on that, but... My gut says Juju Brents gives it a go, and I think there's a chance he is, you know, playing actually for you as well. Yeah, ironically, the Colts missed speeds, speed on Sunday against the Bengals. I thought look at that. The just they just struggled to set the edge, and I think with him, I, it helps them in the run game, especially when it comes to laterally and not vertically. You know, the thing too about speed, Eddie, is think about how many negative plays ended Colts drives. So many negatives. I didn't feel like the Colts created enough negatives for Jake Browning. You know, they they made life easy for Jake Browning. Mm-hmm. Jake, Jake Browning had half his passing yards on screens. I mean, he just sat back there. He didn't bring pressure at all. And, and, and threw generate. for 270. Yeah. You know, it's not like you threw for 140 and whatever. They busted, you know, a 60-yarder on a screen and everything else was dinking dunk central. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into a little playoff look here heading into week 15. As things stand right now, if the playoffs were this weekend, the Colts would be in as the seventh seed. The Steelers are the sixth seed. The Texans are eight. Denver Broncos, nine. Followed by the Bengals and the Bills. All of those teams are seven and six, um, and they're ranked accordingly so in connection with their record within the AFC. So right now, the Steelers, they are 5-4 and four against AFC opponents, much like the Indianapolis Colts. The Texans are 4-4, four and four, the Broncos are 4-5, and five, and the Bengals are an astonishing 3-6. and six. The Bills are 4-5 and five as well. Got an article up on 107.5, the fan, that kind of details this, but I, I would say a few things that stand out, Eddie. First off, the NFL sent out this note earlier in the week. It's the third time in the history of the league that you've reached this point of the season, and you have six teams from one conference having the same record above 500. So it's pretty rare. Rare air to quote Coach Ursay in that you have six teams at 7-6. and six. Cleveland gets I mean, they are so injured, Eddie. The upper quartile of the upper quartile. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. How do you make sausage? Um, Cleveland is so banged up but at 8-5, and five, maybe just for the exercise considering their schedule the rest of the way I almost am going to give them a playoff spot. It's probably premature but they finish you know, with a relatively I mean, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals I don't know. It, it might be a little too early but 
again, for this exercise, let's slot them in. And again, they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Indy. Um, so then you look at six for two spots, and those are the six, seven, and six teams. If you look at the difficulty and schedules the rest of the way, Pittsburgh, eighth toughest. Cincy, ninth toughest. Buffalo, 15th. Houston, 19th. Indy, 20th. Denver, 26th. So if you base off the six teams at 7-6, and six, the Colts have the second easiest remaining schedule. And the two games you would label as really bleep and need to must, I think, have, you get them both in your own building. Now, track record lately in Lucas Oil Stadium hasn't been great, but still, uh, I, I would think you'd rather have that than the reverse of it. Um, a little thing to just keep an eye on. We're not there because the AFC is super jumbled at the top. But, Eddie, if we get to Week 18 and Miami or Baltimore are locked into their seed, Miami plays Buffalo. Baltimore plays Pittsburgh. We could be looking at, you know, Tyler Huntley slash it was a Mike White maybe uh, for the Dolphins. And obviously, you would assume guys like Tyree Kill and Odell Beckham, you know, those sorts of guys would not play in that game. So uh, that is just, again, I'm probably a little bit too early to go there just yet. Um, But that is something certainly to keep an eye on. By the way, Colts official injury report out. And yes, Braden Smith, Jonathan Taylor, both DNPs, everybody else of note, full participants in practice. Uh, Buckner was limited. I don't think that's too, too alarming, but it is a back injury, so just something to keep an eye on. And then Sagoon Luby was limited. Um, what else stands out to me? You brought up the conference record. You know, that's something to note as well. Uh, the Colts are in. Basically, I think you want the Colts to be involved in multiple tiebreakers. You want multiple teams with the Colts. Mm-hmm. The head-to-heads... Those might not go well for the Colts if it's Cleveland, if it's Jacksonville, uh, if it's Cincinnati, of course. Potentially Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, maybe Pittsburgh. Uh, but you know, again, Sunday is it's a forty percent fluctuation type game, one way Saturday. or the other. Or Saturday, it's a forty percenter. It's um, yeah, it is absolutely monumental, gargantuan, massive. Insert whatever synonym you have for it. Basically, I look at it like this, Eddie. You win. You're on pretty firm ground going in the last three weeks. You still got to take care of your own business, but you're on pretty good ground. You lose. It's, you know, not all but over, but, like, now you need help and help and help. You have to scoreboard watch like none other Mm -hmm. and do your own part. It's kind of twofold. Whereas if you win, you obviously stay, you know, controlling your own destiny, that, that phrase you hear a lot this year, this time of year. But you also have a little bit of margin for error to play with, particularly with an NFC opponent next week in the trip to Atlanta there. So um, anything else playoff standing-wise that stands out to you? I guess you're still watching Jacksonville at 8-5, and five, but you know, like we talked about on Monday's pod, you know, you'd have to go undefeated. They'd have to go 2-2 two and two or worse the rest of the way to get above them. Um, yeah, anything else that stands out to you, Eddie? Not really. I was trying to see if there's a team that could, you know, sneak up. I don't think the Jets are that team. I understand Zach Wilson was just named AFC Player of the Week, and he had the best game of his career that you could argue you could make the case for that Kansas City game as well, even though they didn't win. But there's not really a team outside of these 
seven and six teams that you can look at and be like, that's a team that could win the final four games and sneak into the playoffs if everything goes right in front of them. I just don't see it. I I, I don't see it. I would think, again, Cleveland, if you want to slot them into it already or not, I, I just think the other teams come out of seven and six. You know, to your point, I mean, Herbert... You know, being hurt. I, if Buffalo was maybe at you know whatever six and seven, because nobody's at six and seven, right? No. Yeah, I mean five and eight. That's the Thursday night matchup, right? Chargers and Raiders, mm-hmm. the two five and eighters. So hey, O'Connell and Easton Stick. Gosh, pray for Al Michaels. Um, so yeah, detailed look. One hundred seven five. The fan Eddie at the playoff standings. We'll continue to update this. As always, uh, Saturday games sandwiched around the Colts. The two Saturday ones. Uh, cheer for what? First game, you want the Vikings over the Bengals, is that correct? And then the nightcap, you want the Lions over the Broncos, mm-hmm. I think, if those are the two sandwiched around there. So, Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-6, and six, as we've already talked about on Monday's podcast. Uh, they will be with Mitchell Trubisky as the starting quarterback. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, their two leading uh, sacks in terms of their defense. They are in the concussion protocol. Obviously huge, and we've already talked about it with T.J. Watt. If he can't go, Mika Fitzpatrick in the secondary. That defense is a force to be reckoned with like every other Pittsburgh defense. Uh, Cam Hayward still along the defensive line, and right. offensively is going to be the big question mark when it comes to the Steelers. You know, Pittsburgh's got some individuals, Eddie, that still, I think, keep you up a little bit at night. Um yeah, I don't know if it's to the level of Cincinnati, but I actually think outside of quarterback, you can make the argument Pittsburgh might have better individuals, both sides of the ball. Uh, it's just Trubisky looks so damn bad. I mean, Eddie, he got booed on the first play of the game. I mean, it was like so, so alarming. Official injury report is out for the Steelers. T.J. Watt was full. So... I would say T.J. Watt right now is trending, to steal a phrase from the one and only Chuck Pagano, trending in a positive direction. Um, Who else am I looking for? Highsmith. He was limited, so he continues to participate. Now, they did have a few DNPs of note. Obviously, we know Kenny Pickett. Deontay Johnson, new to the injury report with a knee injury. And then uh, Isaac Ciamalo, arguably their best offensive lineman at guard. He has not practiced the first two days this week. Um, again, I think the Watt injury is just I, – I think it's massive. Just uh, I, I cannot hammer that home enough. I saw a wild stat today, Eddie, since 2000. Okay, so if we go back the last four years of T.J. Watt's career, mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh and games they've had him on the field, they've won 68% of them. In games that he has not been on the field – Ten percent. They're one and nine. Oh wow! We're talking about a defensive player. Um, if you look at the points allowed in those games, um, it is a seven-point difference, twenty-six to nineteen, in games that T.J. Watt has played. Nineteen allowed games he has not. Twenty-six. I mean, it's just a. It's an astonishing number. It's a major credit to him as a football player. And, Eddie, I'll admit, I probably have a little PTSD to 2020. And you think back to that December game in Pittsburgh where the Colts had, drum roll please, 
Will Holden and Chaz Green as their starting tackles. Oh, my. In that game. And T.J. Watt had two sacks and a huge strip that set up Pittsburgh's first fumble. It was a wild game. A uh, big comeback by Pittsburgh in that one. So, you know, he's done it. And, you know, a guy like Blake Freeland opposite him, again, PTSD, Eddie, think back to the Miles Garrett play in the end zone. I mean, that was simply Garrett lined up opposite Freeland and Drew Ogletree doesn't chip. And boom, the rest is history of that of that play there against Cleveland. So, um, you know, it, it, it looks like Watt certainly has a chance to play. Um you know, other things of note with Pittsburgh, you brought up kind of what they do defensively. I mean, turnover margin has been their big thing. Mm-hmm. They have needed that desperately. I think they're second in the NFL in turnover margin. They've needed to do something to make up their offense, and that has kind of been the calling card. They're a top-10 scoring defense. Outside of that, they don't really do anything that well, to be honest with you. Uh, certainly offensively, they don't do anything great. Decent run game. But, again, I want to go back to the individuals. Like, George Pickens can go make a play. That can change a game. Deontay Johnson can go make a play that changes the game. Pat Fryermuth, pretty good tight end. Jalen Warren is an underrated running back. I would back. say Najee Harris and Jalen Warren is like a nice duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you brought up Cameron Hayward, you know, Joey Porter Jr. I really like coming out of the draft. Obviously, Mika Fitzpatrick has done it to this team before. Alex Highsmith is a very good edge rusher on the opposite side. So, I think Trubisky stinks. And that, to me, is something I can't get out of my head. But, Eddie, I'm also sitting there, I'm like, Damn, they've got some dudes. Like, this is not New England and Carolina in terms of where are they going to have the individual that makes a play. Here's the thing. If they give him the same amount of time they gave Jake Browning, any quarterback can do what Jake Browning did to the Colts on Sunday. Like, if you're not going to try to blitz and if you're not going to be able to get home and generate pressure, and when you play consistent zone coverage... Any quarterback, high school, college, can pick you apart. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point. Pittsburgh has really struggled against tight ends. Um, I guess insert your joke about a Colts tight end emerging here. Can you exploit that at all? Uh, obviously, anytime Pittsburgh's in your own building, uh, at least I'm curious about how many terrible towels will be humming in that building. Um, and then the Colts run game. You know, I talked to Quentin Nelson yesterday, Eddie, about it. And I thought he was pretty candid, specifically with the Cincinnati game. And he pointed to they didn't get to the downhill linebackers early enough. He, he pointed to himself for missing um, some of those and then said they struggled with kind of the combination blocks. And if you look at, he also mentioned the negative runs. I think I mentioned this on Monday's podcast. Eddie, 13 carries for Zach Moss, six went for zero or negative. If that percentage creeps into Saturday and now TJ Watt can pin it back, come third down, that's where the game can change. So, um, I do think the run game, I know Shane is very confident publicly in it, but Eddie, it's four or five games, 2.7 yards per carry or less. You go back to Carolina and New England, you didn't run it. Tampa you did, which is surprising because Tampa's actually a pretty good run defense team. Um, but obviously the last two weeks, Zach Moss, 32 carries, 79 yards, 2.5 a pop for Moss. So that will be something to watch. Anything else Pittsburgh-related? I do kind of have a crazy Michael Pittman stat I want to throw at you before we get to Twitter questions. But you got anything else? Does this game end up like New England? 10-6, very low scoring, ugly, not pretty? Yeah, I mean, for our sanity, hopefully not. I, I might uptick it by a score or two for each team, but... 
What are we at? 42? Is that the over-under? So what? You're going to make it 13 to 9? Is that where you're going to make it? <laughs> well, I don't know. 17, 13? I don't know. Something along those lines. Pittsburgh hasn't scored over 20 in a month, right? Yeah. I think they've been in the teens or at 10 points uh, for the last four games. And obviously that includes even Pickett, you know, playing in some of those games. Colts going throwbacks again. November 12th. That was the last time they scored 20 or more against the Green Bay Packers, and it was a home game. Gosh. Seems like eons ago. Uh, all right, the Michael Pittman stat, okay? Uh, NFL sent this out this week. Six. Hold on. All right, got my socks on. Wait, what? You going to knock my socks off with this? Oh, wow. I wasn't totally following that. Um, I, I think I will. Six straight games with at least eight catches from Michael Pittman. Yeah. Okay, if he stretches that to seven on Saturday, he will join a four- person company in the history of the National Football League. Can I guess one name? Seven straight games with at least eight catches. Guess away, Eddie Garrison. Okay. Um, Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice is a no. No, he's not on this list? Okay. Uh, Did Michael Thomas do it the year he went absolutely nuts with the Saints before he became injury prone? You're a smart individual. Okay. Michael Thomas, one of the four. Um... Can I get a hint for the um one others? more was it there's two left on the list right he would become the fourth one crazy man one very famous individual to the female race and <laughs> I think a player that you could honestly compare a little bit to Michael Pittman a crazy player a crazy man who's gone shirtless in an NFL stadium before uh, is that T.O. Antonio Brown ah okay I didn't know which crazy man you were going with there. I can't think of the third one. Okay, famous to the female audience. Come on now. It could be a lot of players. What year? Who do the Swifties love? Oh, really? Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey. Um, And last but not least, I've always loved this guy. That you compare to Michael Pittman? Yeah, it's a little unfair to Pittman. Pittman's got a little bit more raw. Raw ability is a great player, though. Anquan Bolden. Oh, yeah. So, Thomas and Bolden, Eddie, eight games. That's their marks. Uh, Kelsey and, uh, or excuse me, Thomas and Antonio Brown, eight games. Kelsey and Bolden, seven. So, think about that. If Michael Pittman does this Saturday and does it in Atlanta, he's tied the NFL record. I mean, can you imagine being his agent right now? Being like, this is glorious. Just but, glorious. But, I mean, we talked about it on Monday. It's been pretty much Pittman or nothing. It has been. But you know what? There's a lot. You know, I, I get that's a counter. Eddie, there's a lot of wideout course in the history of the NFL. It's been one dude. And I don't see anybody else on that list. Potentially, if Pittman continues right. to do it. So, I, 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 I get where you're coming from. But I think it's also certainly a hat tip to number 11 for the Colts. Anything else Pittsburgh Steelers related? Two and a half. Is that what I saw? Colts mm-hmm. favored by? Uh, anything else Steelers related before we move on? This is the first time the Colts have faced Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, correct, as a starter. He did mm-hmm. face Gus Bradley back in 2019. I don't know if anybody cares about that. Um, How did he do? Do you Bears, remember? Chargers. It was like kind of blah. Nothing, nothing, nothing horrific, but nothing like, you know, crazy, crazy. Like on Monday, very few Twitter questions. You ready to hop into those? Let's do it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
only three on today's pod. One of them came to me, so. Uh-huh. Look at this. I'm catching up to you. <laughs> uh, Patrick, can you please get into Gus Bradley about not blitzing? Number one sack percentage in the NFL on blitzes. We Colts fans are so tired of sitting back in zone coverage. Ravens lead the league almost every year in defense, and they blitz the most uh, other than Minnesota. Seriously, a Colts fan wants to know what it would take to blitz a lot more. Are you willing to be more aggressive is the question that you need to ask Mr. Bradley. Okay, let me fire off this tweet here about the old concussion protocol. thought you were about to send Gus Bradley a text with no, that tweet. No, can't that say questions. that. Can't say that. Um, By the way, you still going Twitter? Yeah, I, I, I will always do Twitter. I have now permanently gone with Twix. Oh, my gosh. You're such a millennial. Are you a millennial or are you in the next generation? I can't remember. Um, This goes back to something we were just talking about with Jake Browning, Eddie. I, I just – you didn't make life somewhat challenging for him. Nope. Which I thought you did against Bryce Young. I thought you did against Will Levis. And I just didn't think you, frankly, I didn't even think you sniffed it. And CJ Stroud in the first matchup against right, Houston. Right, right. Whose O line was decimated, you know, mm-hmm. going into that game. So I think that is what is frustrating when, again, half of the dude's passing yards. He had the highest pass rate in the NFL last week, and his intended air yards was from me to you. Mm-hmm. And we're in the small studio in our building right now. Like, it's just uh, when you're facing those types of quarterbacks and half their passing yards come behind the line of scrimmage. That's. That, and they have a you know two hundred whatever seventy yard day. I mean, come on now. So yes, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, and look, it's I know Brownie was great against the blitz against Jacksonville, but somehow some way you have got to create something. And if you don't feel like for whatever reason the blitz or your four man rush is going to get home, then come up there and clamp and suffocate and put a safety over the top of Jamar Chase and. You know, pray that your corners hold up. I understand the hesitancy in wanting to do that, but you have to disrupt timing against these young dudes. And I thought Browning, I thought Jacksonville put the blueprint out there. You let Browning go deacon and dunk central in the quarter one, and he hit his first 10 against Jacksonville, then he's going to make some big throws. Mm-hmm. And I just thought you let him get into way too much of a rhythm. And it's not like he even needed to make many throws down the field. But when he did, you know, he hit Higgins and, you know, made a couple of those plays. Daniel's Twix question is next. If Michael Pittman Jr. is a number one or 1B and you pay him as such, do you still go after another one number one wide receiver in free agency? If so, aren't you discarding Pierce, saying as how you could uh, would have Pittman at one or two, free agent wide receiver at one or two, then Downs in the slot as number three. I just don't see the Colts going four wideouts all the time with Richardson's running ability. I see Ballard going his usual free agency route and trying to find a wide receiver two or three that is young and could ascend to bring in competition for Pierce. Eddie Garrison, what is my phrase often with Anthony Richardson and the support of him? As I put you on the spot, unfairly. the cupboard. Uh, I, I've bare. used the cupboard analogy. Um, don't skimp. Don't shortcut it. Nope. Do not. I, I, I discarding Alec Pierce. Whoop de do. If I'm offending people, so what? At the end of the day, I'm trying to make sure that that kid, and he's 21 years old, feels supported. Mm-hmm. And if guys go down, if guys don't pan out, if contractually guys 
hit the open market and don't want to be here, I want to make sure that I'm not scrambling. And so that's why I've stressed wide out for sure. Um, and, and again, you don't have to be four wide. No, <laughs> like you could, Alec Pierce and, and Michael Pittman are playing every freaking snap, but like two every yeah. game. So it'd be nice to probably alleviate a little of what is on their plate. Uh, I think it would allow to use Josh Downs, continue to use him in really variety roles. Obviously, Slotty's great. I think Downs has shown me a little bit more after the catch, Eddie, than I even think some gadgety stuff with him yeah. makes sense. Um, and again, not all these guys are going to stay healthy. Now, to be fair to Daniel for the question, this is a lot of my idea. You know, I, I don't, I mean, we know Chris Bauer's history with wideouts. We know him and I's history with wideouts. It has not been eye to eye on this. So, um, freaking Bowen. A, a 18 to 24 months, kind of in that time range. Um, you know, another year of Alec Pierce, that would be what, year three for him on a four year rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, a critical evaluation there. And I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe Mike Evans, maybe T. Higgins, I, you know, what Calvin Ridley, right? He's the other one hitting, potentially hitting the open market for agency wise. I don't think we get number one wideout, true number ones. Like if you want to really nitpick, you know, Pittman, I really, really like. Is he a top five wideout in the NFL, top seven? No. So, you know, those guys are the guys that have potential to be that. Stephon Diggs making the trade, you know, AJ Brown making the trade, Tyreek Hill making the trade. It's oftentimes trade mm-hmm. or, or draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, acquiring them in free agency is probably unlikely. So, I will be steadfast in that. I don't, I mean, Eddie, and this is no, not, I don't want this to come out as a knock on Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had a Hall of Famer and Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and, and Bedalus Clark as a damn good tight end and won one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, and we got Anthony Richardson. So, I, I, and look at his collegiate career. And look at Peyton's, you know, college career. Like, like, just support the hell, especially if there comes a point in time where, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, Richardson is not the dynamic dual threat dude for 17 weeks out of the year. If you go to a backup, you want Jake Browning, like, to feel pretty comfortable with his weapons. Yeah. So that's why I, I stress it, and it's on the epitaph. Something you could do, too, that's... I'm kind of out there a little bit. Is if you wanted, you could do a three wide receiver set with Pittman, Pierce, and other wide receiver that's not named Josh Downs. You can move Pittman in at the slot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, trust me. I think about this stuff and then just think about Shane Steichen, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, are Colts fans salivating? Because mm-hmm. they should be. I mean, <laughs> look at what Shane's been able to do with this, you know, current makeup. Um, yeah. I mean, I am. Again, I'm a huge believer in Shane Steichen, particularly from an offensive mind standpoint. So you give him the ingredients, man, and wherever. Yeah. I think I lean towards Higgins when it comes to the free agents if they wanted to go that route. Because I, I he had two bad drops um, against the Colts Sunday. But drops has been a problem with him. Um, and I would, I'd like to say that he is able to operate not just vertically, but – you can use him all over the field. Like you can use him intermediate. You can use him short, um, which is something that Pierce has struggled with, as evidence right. Is right, right, right. to his pretty much what his route tree has been is go balls. Yeah, no, I I would agree. Uh, final Twitter question is from Cody. With the Colts having a ton of free agents and expiring contracts at the end of this season, who has more of a say on who to bring back, Chris Ballard or Shane Steichen? Also, do we know which games the Colts scouts have attended this year, or is that something the team doesn't share? 
Thanks for the time. P.S. That interest on the Reese's that you owe Eddie is building up, <laughs> brochacho. It is. Gosh, I do owe you that. Before Christmas. I promise on that end, Eddie. It's before Christmas. Eddie, well, you know, I still got 12 days. Um, you know, with the show on Mondays, Eddie, I, I don't get a chance to travel to as many road games, really any road games that I used to, but mm-hmm. I did, you know, go to Cincinnati and uh, Bowers in the press box. <laughs> Boy, I, I forgot how passionate that man is during a game. Um, he is. He really strikes a nice balance, I think, from a, um, I guess, personality maybe isn't the right way to say it, but just like, you know, I think he's very well-spoken. I think he, like, handles, um, you know, whatever, communication, media, you know, player interactions. I think he handles all of that extremely well. Yeah. But it is funny when that ball's kicked. You know, it's just, it's just a different The competitor. Breed. The competitor is on full, full display, which, again, I think if you're a Colts fan, you obviously love to see it. I've never um, seen it, so. Yeah, it is. Um, he is. He's into it. I'm he would jealous. do well in Section 625. <laughs> uh, you know, throwing throwing a couple back and uh, and interacting with that bunch there. But um, you think he's like that as, at his kids' games? Oh, I I don't know if it's to that degree, but I think there's some internal fire that burns, or at least in the car ride home. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as the door shuts. Yeah. Which can quick? I can I go with mom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I go around with mom? I don't please? know. The white yo, uh, Kristen Bauer strikes me as pretty fiery, as well. Um, she may be more nice about it. You know, this is Ballard's roster, Cody, to the, to the question. But I, I do think he has and will listen to Shane Steichen, particularly on the offensive side. Um, I think you already saw that, a little bit of the diversification of some of the wideouts, um, you know, even in little, you know, roster moves, whether, well, Isaiah McKenzie wasn't really a little one, but Isaiah McKenzie and then the draft pick of downs and then even in Amari Rogers, you know, we really didn't see that type of wideout with the Colts. Um, before Steichen got here there. You know, as far as scouts and whatnot, I know the scouts are in town. I think they're doing their first of, I want to say it's three kind of draft breaks down. Basically, they, you know, college season's over uh, before the bowl game. So all the area scouts in town, and they and this is kind of their, uh, their first run-through of it all. So um, area scouts are back in. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, which I, I would hope your area scouts are going to, obviously, all of the important ones. I don't know specifically which games Ballard went to. Um, I think for the most part with Colts drafts, Eddie. No Morocco Brown signings? Set, yeah, signings? Well, you know, he's he what? He tries to check pretty much all the top 50, top 100 guys. I mean, with Ballard drafts, now what? Is this going to be his eighth draft coming up? This is year seven, right? Yeah. This will be his eighth draft coming up? I mean, like, isn't it kind of relevant? relatively easy to predict i mean hell i have no insight by no means am i chasing draft picks that sounds like a life that i'd be divorced by tomorrow (laughs) if i tried to do that and last year in my mock i think i had three picks right like basically you just chalk it up to this eddie do you test well do you act like a good human being what's your raz score what's your raz score and did you go to the senior bowl and if you check those boxes and you're on the board there's a damn good chance the Colts are going to take you. He's a good football player. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at with uh, with Bowen in the draft. I've got one more, if I if I could throw this at you. All right? Okay. This is from Logan. All right. I like this one. If the NFL were to have an expansion draft and the Colts could protect two players, who do you think they would be? He goes with Richardson, and then either Michael Pittman. Or Zaire Franklin. 
What say you, Eddie Garrison? I go Anthony Richardson. I hope we don't pick the same. DeForest Buckner. We are not going to go the same. Okay, walk me through Buckner. I just think the steadiness, the constant ability up front to disrupt the running game, the leadership that he brings defensively, his availability, his toughness, all of that is something if I had to you know, start a defense with, it's probably where I would go. So I went with one offense and one defense. I respect that one. With I, I'd go with Richardson. Um, I, I respect the Buckner one. I think you laid out a lot of great qualities and why he would make sense. Uh, age and contract are included, right? In expansion draft, I kind of forget what happened with the Texans, how that worked. Um, I would go with Bernard Ryman, and I know it's probably not the best week to mm. you know acknowledge Bernard Ryman, but Eddie, I just think I mean, what's he making? Eight hundred thousand. That's be true. Your starting Good left point. tackle next year, and the year after that's like a million, and you know, obviously, yeah, then you're gonna have to pay him. Significantly moving forward, but you know me, man. All about the support of the quarterback, and yes, defensively, Buckner makes a whole lot of sense, but if I just gave Anthony Richardson, Tarek Glenn, or Anthony Costanzo and did it with a third-round pick and not a first-rounder in terms of money, um, I like that. Yeah, it could cost you more down the line, though. Sure, but... I'd, I, I don't think I, you're going to complain about that. No, I would. I would happily sign that check if I knew... It was making number five healthier than he's been here as a rookie. Yep. All right, time for your prediction. Boy, all right, am I going first with that? Did yes. you just beat me to the punch by that? Yes, Rosie's dad. You did, you did. Uh, we still got to do a Max Bowen. How about Max Bowen, five straight? Really? Five straight. Did you see last week's by chance? I did not. Oh I saw it was released early. That's why I just missed chaos. it. chaos. Yeah, we haven't done this week's yet. Chaos. Uh, yeah, Rosie Bowen, meltdown, kicked the Bengals helmet to him. Next thing you know, he's picking it up. Colts lined down to one and a half. Started at three. Down to one and a half. So that ends your speculation now about the white helmet well, theory. Yeah, but right? again, there were some people that wanted Rosie flagged. They want. I mean, they they were not happy. They were not happy whatsoever. Um, I'll go back to what I said at the start of the pod. For them to have a realistic chance, I think T.J. Watt's got to play. Mm-hmm. If you base off of what T.J. Watt's done the first two days of practice, again, there's still steps to clear. It looks like he is going to play. And it was a contact jersey too by the way not a red non-contact jersey there you go found Um, some footage online now as much as i think and boy i think the attention towards wad has got to be endless i think you are constantly chipping him oh yeah if you single team him against blake freeland you get what you deserve you just you flat out you get what you deserve and i i don't if it takes away a skill player from a route tree You'd rather have Rigoberto Sanchez trotting on the field on fourth down than the terrible towels waving because... Isn't that what Moali Cox is on the team for? Any of the tight ends. Hell, I'd be... Isaiah McKenzie. If it, if it could be successful, chip. You know, just something. Other than the Zaire package? Just slow him down. Um, having said that, I can't get Trubisky from Thursday Night Football out of my head. And part of me wants to say, Kevin, don't fall too deep in the recency bias trap. But yeah. I think you commit endless resources to Watt, Trubisky's going to give you an opportunity or two. If you cash in on that, Colt 17-13. 17-13, you 17-13. So you're not far off from 
no, no, no. But for some reason, <laughs> both teams in double digits makes me feel better. Ah, see, I don't think that's happening. All right, where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going seventeen six. So you think the Steelers really stink? Yes. Now there, there's plenty of evidence of that, Eddie. I just think their skill is still. I mean, the Colts are get. I mean, one missed tackle by Jalen Jones and George Pickens. The other now, uh, who knows? Maybe George Pickens will be ejected by halftime by his own team. I was, uh, yeah, right. The Colts will have one drive offensively where they'll take it down and score like they did against Cincinnati, and the defense will have a turnover and it sets the Colts up on a short field and they score that way. Then you get a field goal from Matt Gay. Monday, 10 a.m. We'll be back. Three to go after this. What a critical one on Saturday for the Annapolis Colts. He is Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great week. Great weekend. Great sports weekend here in the state of Indiana. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you on Monday.